Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. I'm thankful for what we feel in this place. There's no place that I would rather be than at this moment in time. And so I don't believe that God is done yet. So we would do ourselves an injustice if we disconnect at this point. Because God is still moving. He's still in this place. And he still desires to do a work. Would you stand with me one more time? We're thankful to have Brother Failed in service with us. He's certainly not a stranger to us by any stretch. But we are thankful that he's back in church with us today. And I wonder if you'd just make him welcome to this pulpit now. Brother Fail, preach the word. Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's certainly good to be here today to feel the great presence of the Lord that is in this house. What a beautiful move of God. That God doesn't work according to anyone's agenda. God is sovereign and will just move. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh or whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. I love that the Holy Ghost just moves when he wants to. Because he knows our hearts. He knows when we are ready. Amen. Amen. Thankful for these young adults, these young people so sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Don't ever lose that. Amen, amen. God can fix more in just a moment's time. Amen. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me to John, the 18th chapter. Give great honor to your pastor and his lovely wife. Amen. We love and appreciate Brother and Sister Boyd, their great Christian spirit and attitude. And... um, people of, of class. Amen. Very, very kind to me and my family. Send or bring regards from my wife, not able to be here today, but she did want to be and, and uh, is greatly missing this. Amen. John chapter 18. John the 18th chapter. And I want to Begin reading at verse number 36. Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then would my servants fight that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now is my kingdom not from then or hence. Pilate therefore said unto him, Art thou a king? And Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate saith unto him, 
what is truth. When he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all. And you say, Amen. I want to talk for a little while about his kingdom, God's kingdom. It's his kingdom, his will. His kingdom, His will. Would you pray with me? Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy towards us. Your great loving kindness. You know our hearts and our minds. You've been in our homes, on our jobs, in our cars. You've heard our conversations. You've watched our lifestyles. I pray that now, according to all of that, that you minister unto us. Lift our hearts, strengthen our hands, our knees. I pray, Lord, that you help us to be strong in the faith. In the power of the Holy Ghost, we will not fail to give you praise and glory and honor. Everybody said in Jesus' name. Would you clap your hands unto the Lord? Amen. As you're being seated, Lord bless you. have the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, we um, live in a world and a kingdom of this world and kingdom of this age that desires not to know the things of God. The spirit of this world, the spirit of Antichrist, to work in opposition to the kingdom of Almighty God. And it creates that great tug of war, that pool of our flesh, and then the pool of God's spirit on our hearts to bring us to a place where we are in unity with him. There's always that voice of the enemy that spoke to Eve, always that voice of the world system that would draw and gain the attention of God's people. There is a daily fight and a daily struggle for an individual to keep their balance. Balance, the Bible said, to let your moderation be known among all men. The day of the Lord is at hand. Moderation is balance, to keep one's balance, not to be so fleshly or carnally minded, but to do the things we must do in the world, our jobs and family and things of that nature, but also to keep that good spiritual balance, that we're in tune with the Holy Ghost, not so saturated and absorbed so much of the world that we cannot hear the voice of God. We cannot feel the presence of God, and therefore we do not respond. Gentleman said earlier in his teaching, and it was great teaching, talked about the Lord being right in front of them and they knew it not. The Old Testament man said as he went to sleep with his head on a rock and the heavens opened. There was a ladder and angels ascending and descending and he awoke and said surely the Lord was in this place and I knew it not. It is possible to be in the presence of the Lord and have no revelation. It is possible because of physical circumstances to see him, to be near him physically as they were at the garden 
of Gethsemane, and again at the hill of Golgotha, the place of the skull, the Bible says they didn't know where they were. The disciples had no idea what was coming, and they didn't ready themselves. The people at the cross, the Bible said they walked by and wagged their heads and said, others he saved himself, he cannot save. Then they even jeered at him and said, if you'll come off the cross, then we will believe that you are the Messiah. And if you'll do some great uh, mighty work, then we'll believe it. People that were there but were unaware of the times that they were in, the moment and the situation, that's no different than being in church, being in the presence of God. You have to know where you are. A lot of people try to interact with God but have no idea who he is. You have to have great revelation as to who God is. It will cause you to leave mother, father, brother, sister, houses and land, the Bible said, and join yourself to him. There is nothing more exciting than interacting with God. Nothing that is greater than being able to pray and the God of heaven hear you and answer you. Think about that connection and that power that we live physically in one kingdom but we have been delivered or born into another kingdom which is not of this world, but is the kingdom of heaven. We see things that other people do not see. We feel things that not everybody feels. You must not become embarrassed about this. Feel like you're some strange individual and you just want to be cool and fit in. We're not trying, I hope, to fit into this world, but to fit into the world that is to come. Because in the end, that's the only world that's going to be left. For heaven and earth naturally shall pass away, but my word shall remain. And I'll create a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. There will be no worldly, physical, carnal option in that new Jerusalem. There will be no opportunity for sin and flesh there. There will only be the righteousness of God or God's right way. Can you say amen? The God that you and I deal with in this kingdom is the only God that exists. Now he said there are small L lords many and small g gods many in the Old Testament. He said, but they, and they have eyes and ears and hands and feet. He said, but they cannot walk, they cannot touch you, they cannot see you, and they cannot hear you. They are carved out of many different products and and material, and they are shapen and formed. Some go into the woods and cut down a tree and shapen their God from it. Others use glass, others use different materials. He said, and they shape them to have these, these senses and these things, but they have them not. That's not the God that you and I serve. You and I are in the only true active kingdom of Almighty God. There is no secondary kingdom. There is no in-between. There is no other option. There is only two spirits in the world. That's the spirit of truth and the spirit of error, or the spirit of God and the spirit of the Antichrist. There's the church and there's the world. There's no third option. There's no fifth option. There's just those two. And we are either alive to the kingdom of God and dead to the world or vice versa. And we live every day by what we put in our minds and in our spirits 
It will either awaken us to carnal things or to spiritual things. Can you say amen? amen. What I listen to, what I view, what I, where I go, what I touch, taste, or handle is either going to awaken my flesh or it's going to awaken the Holy Ghost that is within me. Jesus one time needed to minister to a woman. He didn't need the church there because they weren't ready for it. And so he sent his disciples into a nearby village to buy meat. While they were gone, he sat at Jacob's well and he ministered to a woman who had five busted marriages and and was living with a sixth man who was not her husband. And uh, he began to talk with her and and then he told her, he said, go call thy husband. She said, I don't have one. He said, you've said well, for you've had five, and, and now you're living with another. And he ministered to her, and she got revelation, went back, told the whole city about it. When the disciples came back, they brought bread and meat to him and said, eat. And, and he told them he wasn't hungry. And then they, they pondered and, and murmured among themselves and said, well, maybe somebody else fed him, and, or maybe he's angry with us because we didn't bring enough or we didn't get the right stuff. And he said, no, I have meat to eat that you know not of. He had been partaking of spiritual things and taught a Bible study and got someone revelation in a city and a community. And and so he said, I have meat to eat. Remember that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, that this is spiritual meat. And when you eat and you partake of it, it will give you understanding and give you life. Amen. People that neglect the word of God and only live on carnal, natural things, this is false doctrine, that somehow they believe that you can see the kingdom of God, believe in the kingdom of God, be in the kingdom of God, never having been born again. And you can somehow read Holy Scripture, and the Bible's a spiritual book, and they believe you can read it with carnal understanding, and that somehow you can understand God. You cannot understand God with whatever educational level you have in this world. It doesn't matter. God is always higher and writes on another level. And it's a spiritual understanding. This is why people with little to no physical knowledge or or book learning can understand greater things than those that have been to many universities. Because when the Bible says that God opens your understanding, that you might understand. They're still trying to figure out the galaxies and how many stars there are, and we know where they come from. We have that understanding. Scientists are still trying to figure out how the world's got here, and yet Hebrews 11 said, we know by faith that the worlds were framed by the word of God. God is a builder, an architect, a framer, and he hath put together the world. Heaven and earth and hell hath he built with his own hands. They're still trying to figure things out. And I am smiling and excited because as dumb as I physically am, God hath imparted light unto me. And I I shout about that. People say, well, you, you shouldn't brag so much. We need to brag about what God has delivered unto us. You have to get excited that you don't take for granted you know what you know because you're that smart. You know what you know because a good, graceful God hath imparted unto you things that you should not know. 
allowed us to see things and feel things and be touched by things that we did not get that understanding from our mother nor from our father. For that which is born of the flesh is flesh. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit. This world would love to get you just saturated with its ways and ideas. And you get excited, turned on, and lit up by the things of this world. People, and you can hear their music, and you can read their lyrics, and read their books, and their learning, and their opinions, and, and it can excite you in the fleshly. And people that are that way do not understand us. We're spiritual people. We're not of the flesh. We're of the spirit. And if we're in the spirit, we'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When you look at the New Test, the Old Testament in the garden of Eve, Eden, and Eve was there, and Eve said that uh, we're, we're, I want to eat of this tree. It's good to look at. It's good for food. It's, it's wonderful. It's pleasant to the eyes. And you know all the terminology. A lot of people read that and say, well, if God really cared about humanity, why did he put a garden and why did he only let so many people in or as certain ones in and why, why did he put just one great awesome tree in the middle of all the other trees and then say, don't touch it. That just seems kind of wrong to tell somebody this is the greatest and the best knowledge of good and evil. It's all there and uh, it's good to look at, pleasant to the eyes and good for food, but don't touch it. And the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. But if you read closely, that's what the, the enemy told her, said, oh, this is the best tree, the greatest tree. You need to eat it. Your eyes will be open and you'll be like God. And, uh, but here's the thing. If you read closely in Genesis, the Bible says every tree of the garden was good to look at. And every tree had good fruit on it. Every one of them did. We act like sometimes, well, God's put me in some, some church and segregated me and separated me and quarantined me and, and I'm over here and I don't get the best of the best in the world. And you got to get like David. David said, I almost slipped. I almost fell. I almost fell away. He said, because I watched people that didn't go to church, people that didn't live in the spiritual kingdom, people that only lived on worldly things and their eyes bulged out with fatness. That means they had everything they could want. They had more cars you could drive, more homes than you could live in. They had more money than you could ever count. He said their eyes bulged out with fatness. They had it. He said, but then I went to the house of the Lord. Let me tell you something. When you're getting a little confused and you start thinking the world's winning and the church is losing, you need to get to the church. You need to get spiritual understanding. Amen. I could have just a, just a little monitor, please. Thank you. You're doing such a great job. Listen, he said, he said, when I went to the house of God, then understood I their end. Their end, E-N-D. Understood the end. We always look at now what's happening. You have to look at the end. Everybody's headed somewhere. The two kingdoms that are upon this world, and you say, well, God's kingdom isn't as great. Listen how great God's kingdom is. God birthed his kingdom right in the middle of his enemy, of the enemy's kingdom. He put the church in the middle of the world. He put the light in the middle of darkness. He came here. He worked here. He saved souls here. He has restored people and reconciled people unto himself here. God is not afraid of the kingdom that works against us. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Well, the church is outnumbered. The church has never been outnumbered. I pray like the prophet of the Old Testament. God, open the 
my servant's eyes that he might see that there are more with us than there are against us. You are not alone. It's not just one little assembly. It is a big church, a number that no man can number. But better, better, better than that, the Bible said. You've got to worship him and praise him that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Not that the spirits are subject to you. The kingdom of this world is no match for the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom that you and I are involved in. The kingdom of you and I are, 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 have been born into, reborn into. And we have great spiritual understanding. We're not spinning our wheels and in a rut and, and just going through some dry place and we're never going to, friend, we're headed somewhere. There is a new Jerusalem waiting on us. There, I'm worried about gold. Don't worry about gold. God paves his streets with it. Don't worry about pearls and finer things of life. Every city gate is made of one pearl. I'm telling you, God takes takes the things that we put of the greatest value and he paves streets with them and makes city gates out of them. The most important thing he's trying to tell us is not physical things, it's spiritual things. When when you and I understand how the kingdom of God, you cannot operate in his kingdom, the spiritual kingdom, with carnal kingdom ways. Can't do it. Here they are, afflicted 400 years in the Old Testament. 400 years. The Bible says that the Lord had put a great sleep and deep sleep had fell upon the man of God and lo, a great horror. And he saw it. And the Lord said, they're going to be afflicted, but I'm going to deliver them. I'm going to remember them. When it come time for the Lord, fullness of his plan and time to come to deliver, he sent, watch it now, 1.3 million approximate Jews came out of the land of Egypt, which is a type of the world under Pharaoh, which is a type of Satan. They're getting saved. They're coming out of gross darkness into his marvelous light. They got to get baptized and shadow and type at the Red Sea shore and the pillar of fire, Holy Ghost. I mean, they got a lot of things they got to learn, but they're coming out. When it's time to come out, they're in the mud pits. Their daughters have been taken from them and married to Egyptian men. They had no court, no voice in the court system to go get their daughters back. I mean, it is horrible. And their elderly are dying in the mud pits. And the Lord says, I hear their cry and I'm going to send a deliverer. And he sends an army. No, he doesn't send an army. He sends a man. He sends a man that says I'm slow of speech and I'm not qualified. He sends a man that's full of excuses and says I can't do it. Now he wasn't slow of speech. He was trained and educated in the best raised in Pharaoh's court and palace. He knew it, but he was using excuses. Here he comes with a stick in his hand. How many of you need deliverance and you want a man to come with a stick in his hand? Friend, hear what I'm telling you. God doesn't need to send an army. He just needs to send a man that's anointed. I'm trying to tell you how the kingdom of heaven operates. The Bible says in John 1 that there was a man sent from God whose name was John. There's nothing more powerful on the planet than a man that is anointed with the Holy Ghost. Devils cannot defeat him. No sickness, no disease. A thousand could fall at one hand. Ten thousand at the other and it shall not come nigh. The devil cannot. The kingdom of this world cannot penetrate the anointing that you've been anointed with. It is from another world. It is from the presence of God. It is from the throne of heaven. Here he is. The Bible says he walks up a man with a stick in his hand. And he walks up to the edge of the mud pits and he told those Israelite men, 
and elders, he said, we're leaving. The Lord has sent me here and we're leaving. The Bible said they believed him not. He went to Pharaoh and said, let my people go. When he come out of there and Pharaoh was upset, the Israelite leaders met him, Mayor Moses, and said, what have you done? You have angered him. And they had, see, they got comfortable with their affliction. And they said, but now you made it worse. We had gotten used to this, but now you've made it worse. What are you doing here? When the preacher comes preaching, and how beautiful are the feet of them that bear the gospel and bring the truth to you. But there's going to be a lot of pain before there's a lot of blessing. Pharaoh's going to get upset. He's going to breathe out threatening and slaughter like Saul of Tarsus. He's going to say a lot of things. But know this, when the dust settles, there shall be but one kingdom left. And if you'll stick with that kingdom, you shall have great authority and great victory. Old timers used to say, old preachers used to say it this way, said if you come in five minutes late, left five minutes early, you didn't know whose snake was who and who won the battle between Moses and his snake and all the other snakes. You had to be there the whole time, that everybody had some snakes in a pile in the ground. But then the Bible says Moses' snake, his serpent turned around and swallowed all the others. There are many weapons that will be formed against you and many things that look alike, tears among wheat that seem to be the same. But if you'll just stick around what God has given you, what God has imparted to you, what kingdom God has brought you into, you've you got to trust it. I'll give you an example. Moses brought them out. Here they are. Now 400 years of affliction. But the Bible says God brought them out with a shout. Later on in the Old Testament, he said the Lord thy God hath brought you out and delivered you. He brought you out. The Bible said there wasn't one King James Version, not one feeble person among them. Beaten in the mud pit. Slaves for hundreds of years and no feeble person among them. We underestimate the power of the kingdom that we're in and have been born into. I can't take anymore. I can't do that. The Bible said be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. If you can't take anymore, it's because you've gotten away from His strength, His power, His anointing, and you're depending on yourself. You've got to get back to depending on Him. You will never say in the Holy Ghost, I can't take it. I can't make it. The disciples were fleshly and went to sleep, but Jesus was God in flesh and He prayed and He got the victory. Anybody know what I'm talking about? If you'll pray a little while, you can make it a little while. If you will hang in there in the Holy Ghost. So, the Bible says that, that Moses is bringing them out. No feeble person among them. And, and, uh, but then they met some things that they became quickly feeble in their spirit. And the bitter waters at Mar, the Red Sea shore, and we're not sure if we can make it. And we can't beat up on them Israelites because we're the same way today. And we, we you know, we get to one miracle, and two days later we forget it and complain, and God can't do it anymore. And we got to have our faith activated again. Uh, that's why the Bible said you got to walk in the Spirit, that you don't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Lust is a strong desire. There's a strong desire of the flesh to always go back. That's why people say, "Man, I can't make it in the church." Uh, Had been apostolic church, that's too straight, too narrow. Pastor says too hard. I can't. He wants so much out of the Bible. He wants to take it literally. I, I, I just got to go back and because we're used to that. We're used to the drugs. We're used to the alcohol. We're used to the things of the world and the and the carousing around. We're comfortable with those things. Why? Because it appeals to our flesh. But remember, you and I were born in sin and shaped in iniquity. Our mothers can only beget sinful flesh. They could not give us a spiritual birth. When he said, "Be born again of the water and the Spirit," that water's 
not your mother's water breaking like some false doctrine teaches. That's talking about being born of the water in baptism in Jesus' name. Baptism doth now also save us. It's not an add-on. It's not an add-on. Your sign says apostolic. That means of the apostles' doctrine. They didn't do it as something like that. This was a commandment from God. Not an option. Not a free... Not a questionnaire. He told them, except you repent and be baptized, you shall all likewise perish. Amen. Got to settle down. Told them that. So these... Well, this kingdom, I can't take it. I can't make it. It's too hard. It's too difficult. It's never too hard or too difficult if you walk in the spirit. Amen. It's in the spirit. That's the kingdom. Back to the Bible. People say, well, I don't understand the Bible. Do you know the Bible, the King James Version, is written on a fourth grade reading level? Do you know Jesus spoke on average three and four letter words when he spoke to people? And he talked about a farmer, and he talked about a fisherman, he talked about a father. He never tried to go over anybody's head. He never. He didn't write his Bible to go over anybody's head. But it is by revelation. And when he opens your understanding, you'll be amazed at the things that you can understand. And when you understand the kingdom of God, you know how to fight or combat the kingdom of this world. You are not ignorant of Satan's devices. You will know how. The Bible says the devil at will can beguile unstable souls. Beguile means to trick and unstable souls, people that are not rooted and grounded in the truth. I preach and travel and I get around people that got gray hair more than I do and they've been in the church for 50 plus years and I'm going to tell you something, they're not wavering, they're not concerned about quitting and giving up, they will tell you and they've been through a lot of hell and chaos and high water but they will tell you God has been nothing but good to me. We need a young generation that has the same Holy Ghost the same resolve, the same tenacity. We don't come from weaklings. We don't come from a people that didn't know how to make it. Pentecost is popular right now, but it wasn't for them. In brush harbors, if they were lucky enough to have a brush harbor. I believe this church started with a tent meeting that God talked to people and a woman and land was all types of things. I've read it. It's, it's tremendous in power. We have to still live like that. That God directs and orders us. It's His kingdom and His will. And if we'll lay, you know how many people probably said there'll never be a church in Hatch Bend, but look at us today. You know why? Because some man, some woman, let God get a hold of them. underestimate how are we going to do it how are we going to do it when the United Pentecostal Church uh, started breaking into China and different places and communism and they finally got in and when they got there they found thousands of souls baptized in Jesus name filled with the Holy Ghost believing in one God, having silent church in basements, didn't even own Bibles how in the world, because I'm telling you we serve a great big God that can give revelation we got to stop being the Ananias. I, I, I'm not sure. I don't know what. I, listen, God said you go down there and pray for him because I have chosen him. God will choose people that absolutely blows your mind and all you know is the physical side. But listen, when the kingdom of heaven touches them, when the coal of fire touches their lips, drug addicts and alcoholics become preachers. Somebody shout hallelujah. 
I'm living in a day and age where I hear people say, oh, they need to go get a bunch of therapy. And, but I come up in a time where they say, we're going to pray about this. And, and if you need to get your kids and go out of the room, go. Because we're about to cast the devil out. They believed in the power and the authority of the Holy Ghost. The kingdom of God is not subdued. It is not impotent. It has power. You don't have a family member that God's kingdom cannot save. You do not have an addiction that God's power cannot break. You cannot live your life in fear every day. I'm afraid of what the enemy is going to do. The Bible said nothing, nothing. Everybody shout nothing. By any means shall hurt you. Nothing by any means. And people get into trouble in the church and they say, well, I guess that scripture ain't true. It is true. It said it won't hurt you. It will attack you. It will work on you. But if you stay in the spirit, it cannot hurt you. I don't believe for a moment that that serpent that attacked Paul was not venomous. He had venom in him. I know somebody that got struck the other day by venomous serpent, but they luckily, thankfully, that they called it a dry bite. And no venom was put in, and therefore she was okay. Listen to me. It attacked him. Shipwrecked on the island of Melita, just trying to build a fire, get a little warmth. He's a prisoner. He had told them, don't set sail. And the governor said, you, ain't, you don't know nothing about sailing. Listen to me, don't ever tell your pastor he doesn't know something about something. Because when the Holy Ghost said, when God said, build me an ark of the covenant, no man in Israel, no man on the planet had ever built an ark of the covenant. The Lord can anoint you to do what you need to do. And we never know and have any reading that no one knew how to build a ship 450 foot long, three stories high. Go for wood, pitch it with him, but God will anoint you. God don't give you dreams and visions and callings except he anoints you and qualifies you to do it. Somebody shout Hallelujah. But if we're not careful, we become like Israel that had been prophesied to and said, God's going to take you to a land that flows with milk and honey. And when you get there, you're going to eat from vineyards you didn't plant, drink water from wells you didn't dig, and live in houses you didn't build. He said, only when you get there and live in that house and drink that water and eat from that vineyard, do not forget that the Lord your God hath provided this for you. We get the blessing, and then all of a sudden we start getting comfortable with it, and we think we did it. You have to remember, and I have to remember where we come from. David sat on an ivory throne and said, the Lord brought me out of a horrible pit. You got to remember where you come from. I didn't find the promised land. It found me. I did not build this house. I did not dig this well. This was given to me. It come from men and women. Oh my goodness. Men and women. And the older I get, the more thankful I am for them. Shoulders that we stand upon. And you say, well, they weren't as cool as we are. They were smart enough to know cool wasn't no good. Man, they'd have church swatting mosquitoes and, oh, yeah. People throwing rotten tomatoes at them and beer bottles at them. Nobody would rent them a building in town. Crazy holy rollers. Yeah, it's where you and I come from. We act like we come from the cream of the... No, no, listen to me. We come from God's cream of the crop. We don't come from the world's cream of the crop. Donald Trump didn't give us this. The Lord gave us this. Amen. 
When they went to church in the Old Testament, friend, they walked up to a tabernacle that was made of dead, dried-out animal skins. Nobody wanted to go to that first church. Nobody wanted to go to that apostolic church. But thank God for those that did and found out what was inside. I'm telling you, we got something inside. We don't just show up at an address and a building. There is something that happens in here. It just happened to our young people. It is happening. It is here. The kingdom of heaven is here. Somebody shout hallelujah. All, and I'm putting it all in a nutshell. I preach like the Bible's written. Give you a whole lot of information in a little nutshell. Listen, all of Israel, all 12 tribes camped their tents all around. All windows or all doors to their tents had to be facing the tabernacle. And it was in the center of the camp and it was there. You'll find the glory cloud came and hovered over it. God spoke to Moses. The Bible says several occasions that when the Lord had left talking or Moses, the Lord's done and he left. The Bible says that Joshua lingered in the presence. I find it amazing that however many, because they had grown, I mean, they grew. By the time they come in the promised land, there was almost four million. And they had grown. And, and remember that God, I mean, y'all remember where I was at. But let me tell you this, that in Egypt, the Bible says that Pharaoh said, kill all the little Hebrew boys. Told the midwives. And the midwives went to do it. But then there's little Hebrew boys running around. And they're getting older and having birthdays. Diapers are being changed. Little Goo Goo Gaga is now saying, Daddy and Mommy and Hero Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And Pharaoh ain't happy. That's the strength of the people he's trying to rule. He doesn't want them to overthrow, so he calls the midwives in and says, did I not tell you, and I'm the king, and I have authority. And they said, oh, king, you told us, and we're going to do it. And But by the time, and watch what they said. This is King James. Said the Hebrew women are not like Egyptian women. Thank God for that. The midwives said, by the time we get to the birthing chamber, They've already given birth to their sons Cut the umbilical cord And hid those boys And we cannot find them And the Bible says in affliction That God multiplied his people Don't you ever complain about affliction That's when you're going to get multiplied Don't you ever worry when the death angel's coming through the camp God's got blood If you'll put it on your doorpost God said nothing shall by any means hurt you Some people believe, and I just don't happen to, I, I, uh, I believe when that death angel came, I believe every Israelite family in their homes with blood on the doorpost, first time they'd ever done it. So there's doubt, there's, there's questions. We've never done this. What's going on? Has the preacher lost his mind? Been to a lot of Sunday services. He never said do this. But they obeyed. To obey is better. And so they killed the best they had. They took his blood, they put it on the doorpost. They kept themselves inside with their family at Passover, passing over. But I believe they felt the presence of death. I believe death angels sniffed at the door, analyzed the blood, checked it. Hmm? Because listen, Israel was told, you go get the best you got. You went and got some blind disease thing, you wouldn't, I got no problem killing him. And you, that blood ain't going to work. 
That's not going to work. If you read the Old Testament, listen to me, priests not only would take the, the sacrifice that you gave, they would cut that thing and check the insides, the innards, as to whether it had a disease on the inside. If so, it was rejected and you could not use it. You cannot serve God with just some exterior. I know how they dress at Hatch Bend. I'll go down to the Apostolic Church. I'll look right. You can't fool God that way. He's checking the inside also. Clean the inside of that cup. The outside will get clean. Oh, Holy Ghost, help us today. I'm just trying to deliver a word from God. Had no idea what I was preaching. She can help because she asked me. I said, I have no idea. Listen to what I'm telling you. The Holy Ghost is alive and well. We cannot get to a place in the 21st century that we think we can push God into some autopilot push a button and go off and have fun. That's what the New Testament warned us of and said they're going to say, my Lord delayeth is coming and they're going to go get drunk with them. They get drunk in the night and they're going to beat their brothers and they're going to hate on people. They put God on autopilot. He's got it. I'm going to go have fun. You're not going to be, you're not smart enough to time this thing to know when to get in for no man knows the day nor the hour. Nobody knows. And when God comes, it will be so fast. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, there's no floating up into space. There's no coming up and people watch you and you wave at them. It don't work like that. One moment you were here, blink of an eye, you're in that new Jerusalem. Anybody with me? The dead in Christ shall rise first. And we which are alive and remaining shall be caught up together with them. Caught up, snatched up. That's why you better have the Holy Ghost for the Bible says that same spirit that God hath put in you. That's what he will use to resurrect you. Any man have not the spirit of God, you can't be resurrected. Somebody shout hallelujah. He said the sea will give up the dead. You cannot dismember, disintegrate and return to ash or dust that God cannot resurrect. Ezekiel 37, bone came to his bone. God can reconnect anything that's been dismembered. God can restore you to his kingdom. God can fix you and make you better than you were before you backslid. Somebody shout hallelujah. We serve a big God, a mighty God. You don't know what I'm dealing with. You don't know what I'm going through. You don't know who you're dealing with. And that devil on you don't know who he's dealing with. In the book of Psalm, the Bible said God is so high and lifted up that the Lord bows himself to consider the things of the heavens and of the earth. Most people got God in heaven, just the blue sky, and God stoops down and comes to earth. The Bible says that God stoops and bows even to consider the things of the heavens. You don't know who you're dealing with. That devil don't know who he's dealing with. So they're coming out. If I can remember where to tie this in at. They're coming out. And the Bible says they're coming out rejoicing and shouting. But not everybody that came out came out by Moses, the King James Version says. What that means is not everybody believed his message. They just wanted to travel with a large caravan and protection. And so they left. They weren't all Hebrews. There were people that just wanted to travel and said they're leaving and we'll travel with them and gain some protection in the crowd. And, but the Bible said their carcasses fell in the wilderness. That's right. Because the Bible says the seed is sown. 30, 60, and 100-fold harvest is coming. The seed is sown. It's all good seed. 
It's put out there, but all the ground is not good. And you got people that the Bible says are just a flash in a pan. They're all excited. This is fantastic. But then persecution arises because of the word, and all of a sudden they can't stay in the church. You got to have more about you than a shout and a dance. You listen. You got to have more about you than just tongue talking. Listen to what I'm preaching to you today. This is what the Holy Ghost would impart. You cannot seek tongues. You have to seek the Holy Ghost. And the greatest sign of the Holy Ghost is speaking with other tongues. That's how they knew they got it. But tongues is not the Holy Ghost. It's a sign of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is Jesus. And Jesus is God. Manifest in the flesh. Somebody shout hallelujah. So when you get to seek and seek the Holy Ghost, for the Holy Ghost is greater than just talking in tongues. He will help you in your problems. He will overcome your enemy. Amen. People just, I've seen people get the Holy Ghost, legitimately got the Holy Ghost, and then every time they got into a snag or a problem or situation, they'd go to the same corner of the building in the front where they got the Holy Ghost, do the same huck and buck shout, and try to get the same feeling. You, you can't do it like that. You can't, you can't monopolize God. You can't just have it the same way all the time. God is a spirit. And God will move at different times in different ways. And if you don't think he'll shock you, when Hannah went to the tabernacle to pray, and she went in and her mouth moved, but no words came out, the priest thought she was mocking God and began to rebuke her because the Holy Ghost was moving on her in a, in a way that he'd never seen. And he, what in the world, woman, are you? She said, no, but I'm greatly grieved, and I'm praying God give me a son, and when I wean him from me, I'll give him back to you. She was interacting with God, with the kingdom that was not of this world, and the priest didn't understand it. God will move on you in ways you've never never know and if we get caught up with the same move of God in the same way at the same time all the time we can become a dead boring twice dead plucked up by the root religion but the only thing that separates this church and God's church from any other church is our revelation and experience through that revelation it's not the building, it's not the hand clapping, it's not the songs. We sing a lot of the same songs. We do this at ball games. There's a lot of things, but it is revelation. I know who he is when I lift my hands unto him. When I speak to him, there is revelation. I'm in that kingdom. I've never read my Bible, getting in the kingdom through the Bible. Been in prayer, getting in the kingdom through prayer. Been in church service like this, getting in the kingdom through organized worship. And, and I've never, ever, ever done those things and been depressed, wanted to shoot myself, wanted to divorce my wife, wanted to leave my kids, wanted to backslide. Never have I wanted to. But I have missed these things and done other things in my life, and you have too. And then you all of a sudden second guess and wonder that maybe this isn't truth. According to what kingdom you are operating in. If you operate in the kingdom of this world only, they will have you so depressed so fast. I'm telling you right now, friend, I have went on my phone and absolutely deleted Facebook or Twitter sometimes. I found my way back for spiritual things, but... I just want to say that because I'm not preaching against it. I would just get a lot of news and things would come to me in the news and every time that thing chirped and I looked at it, my God, I'd get more depressed and I, I got to go to prayer. I got to read the Bible because if all you get is from the newscaster, if all you get is from somebody's opinion, op-ed piece, then you're just going to be what they are. But if you could get in the word of God, somebody shout hallelujah. 
if you can get in the word of God you won't be depressed the Lord is the lifter up of mine head he's my shield he's my buckler he's my everything he's the horn of my salvation and when you get in that what happens is you leave this kingdom and you get into that kingdom I don't know what time it is I gotta quit but I'm feeling some Holy Ghost oats listen to me the Bible says it this way Jesus stood in shackles and chains and let himself be arrested. Bounced between Herod and Pilate's hall. He's standing at this time before Pilate. And Pilate has all this natural authority in this kingdom. He has been lifted and elevated and given all kinds of badges and, and everything. And he's standing there and he tells Jesus who's in uh, under arrest and in shackles and iron fetters. And he tells him, do you not know, sir, that I have the power to kill you or to keep you alive? Does anybody know what Jesus said? to that ignorant man he was ignorant in the spiritual not in the physical in the physical he was telling the truth but all he could see was the physical I have you arrested I can give the word and they'll behead you and there's nothing you can do about it or I can release you and nobody's going to defy me I do what I want to do he was boasting his great power and Jesus God in flesh in shackles and chains allowed himself to be arrested Pilate didn't know it he just thought he had more power than Christ Christ said unto him sir you have no power except I give it unto you I wish some apostle would have that kind of boldness when the enemy messes with your money with your family with your mind devil you have no power except God give it to you but I mess with your marriage and I mess with your kids and I mess with your income and I mess with your retirement and I mess with and that I can I could kill you I could squeeze the life that you need to turn to learn to tell that devil you have no power except God give it unto you and if God lower the hedge and you touch my kids it will not affect me I just quoted from the book of Job he said all right I'll lower the hedge and Job never cursed God nor charged God foolishly. And his wife said, you, you need to not retain your integrity. Give up on your integrity and curse God and die. His wife told him that. Nobody got more power and authority in your life than your wife. Nod your head. You know it's the truth. You fear her more than the police. Knows you inside and out. She knew it. You're holding on. You're trying to be that strong man. Carry the weight of the world. Your God's turned his back on you. Why don't you quit and give up? And Job said in sack. Now look, he showed every outward sign. In this physical world, in this, in this carnal world, he showed everything. He shaved his head. He rubbed rocks and dust in his head. He sat in sackcloth and ashes. He did all. But the Bible said he fell down and he worshipped God. In all this, he fell down and worshipped God. You may have every physical reason to just do that. Shave your head. Get in some nasty clothes sit down and mourn in the flesh but when he opened his mouth he said the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away blessed be his holy name because when you get into prayer and you get into his kingdom and his will you understand that God has never done me anything but good and if God wants me to suffer now then so be it but I will not curse him I will not charge foolishly for my God my redeemer liveth somebody shout hallelujah We want the fanfare. Musicians can come. We want the fanfare. We want the 12 legions of angels flutter their wings, come down among us swiftly and quickly. They even told Jesus that. Won't you get some help if you're the Messiah? He said, don't you know I could call and ask for 12 legions of angels right now? They'd be here. Even the devil said, you dash your foot against the stone. Give his angels charge concerning thee. 
He'll help you out. Yeah. His kingdom. His will. Thine is the kingdom. Thy will be done. Not our will. Not what I want. Well, God, I don't understand. Listen. When Daniel went in that den of lions, don't think because God sent an angel to shut the mouth of the lion. Those lions went over in the corner of the cave and went to sleep. Friend, they sniffed his flesh. They licked their jaws, friend. They, their saliva was running feet deep, inches deep. I mean, it was drooling out. They wanted to partake, but could not. You know how many devils circle you on a daily basis? In Job, the first chapter, when the Lord said, you consider my servant Job, he said, I have, but you got a hedge about him. I can't touch him. You know how many devils are on the other side of the hedge trying to get through? But he that keepeth Israel doth neither slumber nor sleep. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him. But don't think for a moment that, that God somehow talked to these animals and they went away and then, then they wanted to eat but could not eat. If you read later, the king fished him out and brought all those men that had worked against him and their wives and their kids and said, put them in that den of lions. See if their God can deliver them. And those same lions who are real hungry now because they didn't eat last night, ate them. Bible said, break their bones. Break their bones bones. I'm telling you that God has power and authority in his kingdom that this kingdom has no match for. We quiver and we shake. I wonder how and when and where and what and I don't know and you got to get into his kingdom and you got to learn to operate in that kingdom. But God asked you for help and you sent me a man with a stick in his hand. But God's man with a stick in his hand can do more than Pharaoh who rules as a world superpower. A man with a stick in his hand. My preacher ain't much. Oh, yes, he is. Anointed of God, your pastor. Amen. Well, he threw his stick on the ground. They threw their, let them throw their stick on the ground. Let them do what they want to do. But they, I'm telling you, they will be outmatched. There is no way ever on this planet or anywhere else that the kingdom of the flesh can overcome the kingdom of the spirit. It cannot happen. It is impossible. This is how little ruddy complexion David slew an over nine foot tall Goliath because he was operating in the realm of the kingdom of God and not the kingdom of the world. He said it. You come against me with sword and spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts. But we get embarrassed about that kind of stuff. All I got is a name, and you got all the fanfare and the pomp and circumstance of the world. Don't look at that stuff. You can stand with me. I could go all day. When God brought them in the promised land through Joshua, and he divvied up all the land according to the tribes, Bible says some of those men scurried off to get their land, took the deed to it, went there, and there were houses, there were wells, and there were vineyards. They were super excited until the earth shook and big old behemoth giants came out of those houses and said, fee fi fo fum <laughs> I smell the blood of an Englishman. And they ran back to Joshua. And he says, is the land what it was said? Yeah, that's what you and God said it was. 
Is the well there? Yeah, the well's there. The vineyard? Yes. The house? Yes. Everything is there. But there's something there that you never said was there. Giants. You know what he said? Go run them off. It's in your Bible. Go run them. God will give you things, but you've got to slay some giants that want to hold on to what God's took from them. You've got to face some things. You can't, well, God put me in the church, but you've got you to slay some giants now that you're in the church. Well, God gave me a house. Well, God gave me this. Or God blessed me with that. You're going to have some things attack you, and you're going to have to deal with those things. God will bless and give it to you. And the Bible says it's his good will to give his children the kingdom, to give us the kingdom. But that don't mean the enemy's not going to try to take the kingdom from you. He'll give you the garden, Eve and Adam. He'll put you in it. He'll create you there. He'll give you, listen to me, I don't know why these people wanted to go work like they work, sweat of their face. I don't like that kind of stuff. Though I do it, I don't like it. I wish I didn't have sweat glands like that. And they're working and laboring for themselves when they never did that in the garden. It was handed to them. No bugs ate their harvest. No disease hit their crops. Everything was good for God had a canopy over the earth. That's why it never rained. The dew covered the ground every day and watered it. They didn't need it. The sun didn't burn up the grass. Everything stayed nice as it was. There was a mist that went up. I mean, God had everything just right. This is people that leave the church, everything just right. Oh, I'm in the church, but I got devils. Yeah, but you got an angel that protects you. Nothing shall by any means hurt you. Oh, but the, the boat is rocking and real. Oh, but it's the only boat that floated through the whole storm. It was 150 days before that water subsided. Thereabouts, and they were, it's good. And when Noah and his sons and their wives all came, eight souls off that ark, you know what they did? The Bible says they built an altar, put sacrifice on it, and gave God praise. I'm trying to tell you that God will bring you through some things. And it'll get topsy-turvy, but you stick with him. His kingdom always wins. Always wins. There will be a resurrection for that which died. It will happen. God knows how to bring it full circle. Would you lift your hands and bless him in this house? This altar's open for somebody. Maybe you've gotten weak in the spirit. Maybe you've gotten into the, this lower realm and believe the things of this world and this carnal nature. This altar's open. I'm sorry I took such a long time, but the Holy Ghost has spoken in this place. His kingdom, and He is the King of His kingdom. He bows to consider the things of the heavens and the earth. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. 
Again, thank you for listening, and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.